We sit glued to the TV set all night And every night Why go into the outside world at all? It's such a fright We got nothing better to do Than watch TV and have a couple Welcome to TV Times 3, episode 150 On this episode, we will be taking a look at ABC's fall 2012 TV schedule And discussing the L.A. complex Plus some TV on DVD picks you can find the full show notes with time codes for each segment at tvtimes3.com slash 150. I'm Jason the TVaholic from tvaholic.com, and this week I have joining me... I'm Danielle Terciano from LA Examiner and at DanielleTBD on Twitter. And I am Makisha Madden-Toby. I'm a TV blogger and writer for MSN TV. All right. Thank you both for uh, joining me on the podcast this week. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having us. And... Uh, I'll have links to uh, where you can find them online uh, in the show notes. So now we'll uh, jump over to the news. Uh, the, f- the only thing we have on the news this week is that uh, NBC has pulled Saving Hope, and uh, we'll put the last two episodes of the season uh, online at NBC.com. Either, were either of you watching Saving Hope? No. You know, I was in the beginning um, when they sent me the screener, and then when they stopped sending screeners, I kind of forgot about it on the schedule. <laughs> but from what I understand from my Canadian friends, they really they think it gets really strong at the end of the season. So hopefully, if you are still watching, you'll check it out online so you don't you know get shorted your finale. Yeah, it's one of those weird things. Like the show's been pretty much dead on arrival since since <laughs> the beginning. So to pull it. Two episodes left is one of those weird things that you're just like, NBC, really? Mm. Like, what's the point? Really? Yeah. <laughs> NBC does that, though. We talked about this with Awake. Like, yeah. really? Mm-hmm. I mean, they even, I think they ended up moving it a week once already. Uh, <laughs> so it's like, it was already going to go a week longer than it originally was scheduled. I don't know. But if they could have at least put it on, like, Saturday night or something. Well, they or... did originally. They, they were going to move it to Saturday night, and then they said, we're not even going to do that we're just going to put them online so i think that is your worst sign like if yeah. you get bumped from saturday yeah. <laughs> not good sign for you you know even the firm got to finish out on the weekends but if you're a fan of the show <laughs> it is going to get a second season in canada so yeah. you may be able to actually see more of it at some point but not on nbc wow so where's it going to air in is it going to air on the NBC affiliate in Canada? No, well, it's a it's a Canadian series. It's one of those oh. like they bought the rights to or part production or whatever type of deals. Oh, uh, so it got picked up for a second season up in Canada. So, <laughs> yeah, but it, it just didn't work out. But still, it's one of those things that I understand like monetarily a little bit, except that at this point, like. It seems that you're just hurting your brand more and more by pulling <laughs> things early, like <laughs> that. That wouldn't wouldn't be worth it. But that's enough about NBC. Uh, we talked about <laughs> we talked about their wacky schedule last week on the podcast and all the all the weird things that they've been doing, moving things around here at the last minute with the with their shows and premieres and stuff. NBC is always great for podcast fodder. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it was like last week, just as we were starting to record, all of a sudden it was announced like that uh, the new normal was like premiering tonight, you know, after <laughs> you know, the voice and stuff like that. And I was like, wait, we're just about to talk about the fall schedule and it's changing right now. It's changing as we speak. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So 
On to the uh, ABC uh, fall preview. We're going to go through uh, the the schedule day by day and uh, talk a little bit about the shows. We're looking forward to their return and uh, a few thoughts on any of the new shows that we've seen. So start out on Sunday. ABC has America's Funniest Home Videos starting up on October 7th. And then their main lineup on Sunday nights will be Once Upon a Time, followed by Revenge, followed by new show 666 Park Avenue. And those are all starting up on September 30th. We'll start out with uh, Danielle. What did you think of 666 Park Avenue? Well, I really enjoyed the pilot um, for, for someone who actually enjoys the horror genre. But I will say that I want the next episodes to go a lot deeper and a lot darker because I feel like a lot of what's in the pilot is what we saw last season on American Horror Story, just thematically and and some of the scares and everything. And, you know, we've already seen that and we've seen it on a cable network where they're allowed to go a lot gorier. So I, I enjoyed the, you know, the story and I enjoyed all the characters. I just... I don't know, you know, in the next couple of weeks if it's going to be more of the same or if it's really going to start to shock everybody. I want it to start to shock everybody. Right now I feel like we might have too much information for it to be something that is thrilling and suspenseful. Um, but I, first of all, I love Terry O'Quinn and I've loved him for years and I just would really one time like to see him play like a cuddly grandpa type instead of <laughs> – <laughs> So I'm saying, this is not, but if you're a fan of Terry O'Quinn, this is not the show where you will get that. But, you know, this is just another show where it kind of reminded me, like, he's great at what he does, no matter what he does. But I would like to see him play, like, a nice guy for a change. Maybe in the next one. <laughs> oh, we'll see. We'll see how long this one's on. And if it's on for seven seasons, I doubt he'll want to play it. <laughs> so what about you, Makisha? I'm with Danielle. It's funny that she said that because I was thinking the same thing about Vanessa Williams. Wouldn't it be nice to see her like play this ingenue or not? She's maybe too past the ingenue point, but like somebody nice. Like she always is like somebody who's up to something. Yeah. Um. And so, I, but I love her, and like you said, she's good at it. So what are you gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> but I enjoyed the show overall. I thought it was fun. It was kitschy. You know, it's fun. I don't really want it to necessarily go dark. I want them sort of to constantly straddle the line of hopefully kitschy and 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 you know kind of scary but not quite it's sort of i was thinking more in li- line with you know tales from the crypt and you know i mean there's just a ways there's ways to be scary and be funny and and i think they with the pilot you don't know which way they're going to go are they going to go dark and go more american horror story but i mean how dark can they get because it's it's broadcast television or are they going to straddle the line of sort of you know you know sort of poking fun at itself and uh, but also sort of scaring you and, and I, I guess I'm kind of hoping for the latter. So it'll be fun to see what they do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I thought the first episode worked pretty well uh, to set up. It definitely has uh, sort of that spooky what's going on. You know, it creates uh, an interesting vibe with the show. But for me, I almost thought that they didn't quite provide enough information about exactly. Uh, like, you don't know need to know exactly what's going on, but. Maybe I'm hoping that in the next couple episodes you get a better idea of who they are and what kind of deals are these really are and uh, a little bit more of who you're dealing with. I think that a show doesn't always have to be some huge mystery to the audience. 
that you can tell the audience some of the stuff and it's just as fun watching the people on screen when you know something that they don't like you don't always have to be following around the young couple and learning mm-hmm. stuff as they learn stuff uh i mean that's one way to go but i think you can also give a little bit more information uh, cuz sometimes you f- i feel like well this is interesting but I don't even feel like I have like enough of a base to even guess really what the show is yet. You know, <laughs> like I want a little bit more from the pilot in that. You mean like is Terry O'Quinn the devil or is he just the devil's right? Main, you know, main man, like that kind of thing. Yeah, or? just just a little bit more about you know a, about the building or what exactly is is going on there. But not you know not everything, but but just enough to be able to go okay. You know, I, <laughs> you can see why, you know, they don't want anybody finding out about it and, you know, and what she's going to be keep, you know, keep finding. But I thought that they, you know, they definitely created an interesting atmosphere of, uh, of you know, what is going on. And it also has that you don't know when something's going to happen. I mean, there's a couple of things that happen within it that you're like, yeah, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> like, and you're like, and that to me, it, when something in sort of the horror, scary type genre, and it's not given away, you know, where they actually can get, uh, I, 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 I quite enjoyed it. It's, it's definitely on the top half of the list of shows of of new stuff this. Uh, oh yeah, this season for me. Yeah, but I mean, I'm mean, I'm envisioning like drinking games. Just based on Terry O'Quinn smiling, and then you know the person turns their head and the smile drops. I mean, I, <laughs> that is classic Terry O'Quinn. You know what I mean? And like, that's what I mean about it. I hope it doesn't get too scary. I mean, it could, and I will be fine with it too because I love scary stuff too. But I'm just saying, he's so perfect that it, either if, if it goes either way, I think the show will be good. You kind of have to hope that that he's not evil all the time, or else. I mean, he's perfect at it, but then it's a one-note character. And then it's kind of like, well, what's the point? We know exactly what's going to come if we know he's completely evil, which is why I don't think he is the devil, but I definitely think he is the first one to have made the deal. And he might have the best or the worst deal out of everybody in that <laughs> building, depending on, <laughs> on life. So that I think that, to me, is what I'm most looking forward to finding out is you know, we kind of got a sense of what the deals were. And, and for some of the characters, I think we'll start to see why. But what's the what's the bigger picture? You know, why do we why are they why does somebody, whether it's the devil or not, even want to make these deals with them? So it's, it's hard because, you know, I, wa- I went into the pilot having seen a very similar thing on Supernatural, the CW show. And so I kind of went into the pilot with certain assumptions based on the mythology that Supernatural had set up about devil deals and, and, you know, what, what hell gets in return and what happens to you. And so there are certain things when I watched the pilot that I maybe thought was more information than it actually was simply because I, I was projecting previous, (laughs) previous, you know, fictional knowledge onto it. And I, now I'm kind of going to watch the series and, and hope they prove me wrong and hope they, do something different and unique in their own way to kind of further the genre rather than just, again, do something we've already seen. Yeah. All right. So what about Once Upon a Time and Revenge? Uh, you looking forward to the return of either of those? I love both of them, personally. I, I Yeah, I mean, those were two shows last year that 
they were pretty high on my initial watch list. And then as the season went on, they were shows I enjoyed more and more every week. And by the finale, I just was like, okay, when can it be fall again? Because, (laughs) you know, and I'm I'm definitely looking forward to both of them. I think Sunday night is going to be a really busy night because I'm just going to be in front of my TV for hours and hours. Yeah, Sundays that come fall are ridiculous because you have The Good Wife and on CBS and then, you know, that's the night that every every cable station programs their yeah. stuff on. So I mean it's yeah. Homeland and Dexter, which are also amazing. But and the Walking Dead it. coming down the Yeah coming down the bike is gonna be and, and and Boardwalk Empire and like why are you put and and then the Walking Dead will be back and I'm just like my head is going to explode I don't know how I'm going to watch all of this. But the one that by I think Thursday is- you'll have you'll have oh, exhausted. <laughs> I mean, but the one thing I do think is interesting I mean you know we're talking about the competition with all these cable shows but it feels like especially this year the the network shows like Once Upon a Time in Revenge kind of know their competition and when they program their nights. They also know, you know, the the writers of the shows know they have to step it up. You know, with Once Upon a Time specifically, I didn't expect them to break the curse at the end of the first season because I thought, well, where do you go from there? You know, which and- makes me nervous because I saw the trailer today. Yeah, and I thought, oh god, <laughs> show going to be okay in the second season. Like, please don't ruin this. So yeah, I don't know. I know, I know. it's. I mean, the fact that I I just I think because they're bringing on so many other characters and they're doing that, you know, quintessential second season thing of expanding the world. But they still have so much left over from the first season to answer to because now the magic exists, but it exists in modern day instead of sending everybody back. I feel like that could be a really fascinating twist if it's done well balanced in a well balanced way. So I'm super. It's like Mulan. Like, I don't see how, like... She's, if, isn't she a warrior? I mean, like, that could be really cool if all of a sudden... Or horrible. ...strong like, women. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. Like, I'm trying to be optimistic here because I love the first season so much. But, I did too, but it's like... my And I understand, like, my nieces loved it. When, when I first watched the pilot last year, one of the things that made me love it was that when I watched it with my nieces, I could watch it with my nieces. And I know that, you know, one is 11 and the other one is eight and they're going to love Mulan on there. But mm-hmm. it's sort of like if it is a show that you're, if you're a parent and you're watching it with your kids or say, you're, you know, you're just like this, you know, big kid at heart or whatever your deal is. It just still seems like weird to have Mulan on there. I mean, it could be great. I don't know. I just it's just weird. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I don't really know the Mulan movie, so I don't know enough about the character and I don't know if they're sticking very closely to it. I just like the idea of them bringing on another strong woman who is a fairy tale character but isn't going to sit around and like pine for the prince because That's the way that, you know the way that they changed or maybe they didn't change Snow White maybe that was how it was in the grim fairy tale again I'm not super versed on the source material but you know just kind of playing with the ideas of well the, you you kind of think you know what this Disney tale is but we're going to twist it and we're going to take it hopefully darker and um a lot more grown up I personally, you know, I personally don't know. I don't I don't have kids and I don't know a whole lot of kids that watch the show. And I got to be honest, I don't really care if kids can watch the show. I want to be able to watch the show and I want to be able to enjoy it as an adult, you know, who grew up with all of these fairy tales. So, yeah, but I, I would argue that Mulan is being added for kids. Possibly. I don't know. I mean, I like I said, I don't I don't know what they're going to do with her yet. 
I haven't seen, yeah. I haven't heard a whole lot. They haven't really, they're very spoiler cautious. So they haven't really talked a whole lot about what they're doing with her. And, um, I don't know. I mean, I think of, of all the characters, she's probably the, one of the ones I would have not expected to pop up, especially right. this early, but maybe they just have a really cool idea. I'm trying to be optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> I think part of it too was like, Hey, you know, it would be nice if you guys had some diversity. And somebody was like, oh, uh, crap. Let's see. We got the Frog Princess and Mulan. Let's go Mulan. You know what I mean? Like, no, that's, <laughs> that's what it kind of feels like. But again, yeah. I could just be being cynical, so. No, but that's that's true because, yeah, there are, you know, I mean, classic Disney, it, it wasn't very diverse. And, I mean, they, they are bringing on more diverse actors now where you can, I think, I personally think you can take an old fairy tale character and cast the best actor in the role, regardless of race. Like, I don't know if they're, if right. they're, and they Jean might Carlo Esposito, who's fantastic. Right. As, yeah. But, right. and so I, I don't know how much they want to do that. You know, I don't know if we're going to see like the little mermaid someday and she's not going to be a redhead, but, um, that would, I think that would be probably one of the best ways to kind of modernize the tale and, and, and tell it from a adult standpoint. Yeah. Yeah, definitely looking forward to seeing when the purple like smoke is coming across the the <laughs> land, you know, type stuff. You're like, okay, that is a just slightly farther than I thought that the season would go to. You know, yeah, <laughs> I right. thought that the season might end on her finally realizing the truth, but everybody else still not knowing. Right. Uh, so when they they flipped it over completely, I was like, okay, that's interesting. Uh, <laughs> I'm very much looking forward to seeing what you got up your sleeve for a second season. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then Revenge as well. That was just, like, a, to me it was like leverage, but like super soapy. You know, like the super soapy <laughs> drama, but with like this leverage back end of, of uh, you know, taking down the rich bad guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, I kind of, I mean, I like that it embraces that melodrama, though. You know, I mean, there are shows that don't want to, want to go that route they don't want to be compared to a soap opera they don't like that label and revenge very immediately off the bat was like no this is what we are we know what we are and we're just going to go all out and at, for as much as the situations were completely crazy and over the top a lot of times i mean i really feel like they have some they have one of us the strongest casts i mean madeline stowe is amazing and i don't like the idea that she might not be in the premiere because they're all very, again, spoiler cautious, and nobody wants to say that that Victoria is not really dead. But I'm like, come on, you're not going to kill her off. And <laughs> does that mean you're going to make your audience think she's dead for a little while? Because that also bothers me because I love her and I look forward to watching her more than most of the other characters. So I don't know. I mean, I think this is one show where season two can completely go off the rails if they worry too much about bringing in other characters instead of focusing on the great dynamics they've already set up. Yeah. I Definitely interesting. A, a big night for ABC with second seasons of Once Upon a Time in Revenge mm -hmm. and a new show closing down the night. So it's definitely, you know, you hope you're hoping that there's not like a sophomore slump for, <laughs> for a couple of shows. Right. <laughs> so it, there's a little bit of a, of peril there, but you know, based on on what they gave us the first season, I sure hope that they uh, they continue on. But I think that's enough about Sundays, and we'll move on to Monday night, which ABC will have Dancing with the Stars, 
followed by Castle starting up on September 24th. Uh, either of you watch Dancing with the Stars? I don't. I don't currently cover reality TV. Yeah. I have. I've, I've watched it. I, I mean, I like it. I sort of one of those things where I like to watch like the first one and then I forget about it. Um, <laughs> and I don't, I can't tell you honestly if it's intentionally or subconscious, but I just, I'm like, okay. And then I'll maybe check back in for the finale. You know, it's for me, it's not one of those shows you have to watch every week because there's so many stories about who got kicked off and, there's, it's not like, you know, some of the other shows, like, say, an American Idol or whatever, when somebody went through something huge. It's mm-hmm. just like one of those. It's just an elimin- it's another elimination show. So, you know, but people love it. And this is going to be interesting because this is going to be the all star season, which is weird because you're just like, oh, yeah, that person was on there once. Oh, yeah, that person. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's, they haven't had it, an all star season yet. So it'd be interesting to see what they what an all star season is. <laughs> right, right. But then we're so. using the term star a little loosely. <laughs> yes, that's I'm right. Sorry. Does anybody need to see another season of Bristol Pale and Dancing? No, I but her don't. her plastic surgery has been a. I mean, her transformation has been a. <laughs> off the subject, <laughs> she just looks great. So she does look great, but I don't necessarily want to further her um, public career by. You know, she's getting paid a lot of money for Dancing with the Stars. I want her just to go away. But that's the thing. She won't. I know, um, but we're not helping the matter. I'm just saying, you know, we're not helping her go away because we keep talking about her. She's just one of many that keeps popping up on all these different, I mean. One of many many Palins who keeps popping up. Well, just one of many people that keep popping up on, on various, on all these different shows that, I mean, she even had a show. You know, her own show on TLC yeah. that died a quick death, but yet that wasn't She's enough back. to put her out of her misery. She's still back. Yeah. Well, no, because it was like probably Dancing with the Stars producer were like, great, now we can get her for this Oscar. <laughs> True. Yeah. Yeah. Sign me up now. <laughs> okay. On to the show I'm actually going to be watching on Monday nights, uh, Castle. Castle. Yeah. I, honestly, I wasn't – after last season, I wasn't too sure if I was going to stick with it this year, but – I've already screened the season premiere, and it was, I think, one of the most solid hours they've ever had. So I am definitely back on board. And if it keeps up that pace and it keeps up that um, level of intensity for for Beckett specifically, it'll be the show that I've always wanted it to be. So I'm very excited for it to return. How about you, Makija? I'm not a fan. I'm sorry. Not a fan. <laughs> you don't have to apologize. <laughs> I mean, that's us. I can't speak to your Twitter followers. <laughs> no, what are you talking about? How could you not be a fan? <laughs> now, I really like the the first episode back. Uh, the dynamic that it creates between all the characters, I think, is is interesting. Where it's uh, you know, where it's put the other two cops uh, with each yes. other and. Uh, and also with the captain sort of being, you know, a little bit more understanding and being like hopefully maybe a little less hard-edged, you know, towards some of the things. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it puts everything in an interesting place. But I think this show always does uh, openings, mid-season and closing episodes really well. And then they have a lot of fun in between those episodes. Find fun as long as it's not going to undermine some of what else yeah. the other things that they're doing. You know, I mean, they've had last season they had a couple of episodes that 
were standalone episodes that I just felt weren't as strong as they could have been. And I don't, you know, I don't know what that is. I don't know if that's people being tired because it's a 22 season or because it wasn't a main focus, but you know, if you're, if you're going to do a post-traumatic stress story, for example, and I think you should, you need to really do it. You can't do it for one episode and then drop it. And that character never has those problems again. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, You haven't, yeah. Cause like the next episode hasn't moved that far in advance, you know, like, (laughs) and I mean, even, you know, even still, that's not something that maybe you ever get over when you're, you're, you've been shot and you're dealing with your mother's murder and you're still a cop. So you're still dealing with seeing terrible things every day. But that's kind of why I really liked this premiere was because we saw, we actually got to see the characters, all of the characters deal with some internal issues. And it wasn't, they weren't necessarily huge plot points for everybody. Like Ryan, for example, it was just his guilt and, you know, his in part remorse for what he did to Beckett last year. And if they're going to play with that and that's going to change their dynamic, that's a great way to kind of breathe new life into a fifth season series because it's the same character, but it's a different relationship issue. So it gives the actor something else to do and something new to explore. Yeah, definitely looking forward to uh, more Castle this season. So on to Tuesday. Uh, ABC has uh, Dancing with the Stars, uh, (laughs) the the results show, or the second hour or second two hours or whatever the heck they're doing on that night as of the 25th. And then I'm really looking forward to October 23rd when happy endings and don't trust the bee in apartment 23 return. And then that'll be followed by private practice as of the 25th of September. So what about any of those? Uh, I'm really looking forward to happy endings uh, coming yeah. back. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm, no, so am I. I mean, I've been biased from the beginning. I've been calling that show my new friends for two years, and people think <laughs> I was crazy until they started watching it. But, uh, yeah, that I think that is honestly one of my, out of all the returning shows, one of my, my most highly anticipated. Yeah, I love that show. It's just so funny. It's so – and it just gets funnier. I think a third season is going to be – if they keep uh, you know on this trajectory – it's going to be brilliant. <laughs> just, I love it. I don't, and I think "Don't Trust to Be" in Apartment Twenty Three turned out to be an unexpected hit, in part because of uh, uh, James Vanderbeek, who just is, I think, takes himself like the sort of this alter ego version of himself to a whole new level, sort of like on par with you know um, Neil Patrick Harris in those Harold and Kumar movies. Mm. It's like, who cares who you really are? We just want to see you play a version of yourself that's awesome and hilarious. And um, and I think he does that wonderfully. So I think the two of those shows, I don't, you know, in general, will be great for ABC. And I think that, you know, the unfortunate thing with, with Happy Endings is that uh, is, I guess, core fan base doesn't even watch the show. They watch it online or, you know what I mean? So I don't know if how that affects ratings, but I mean, hopefully it'll do well enough on Tuesday nights that ABC won't cancel it or anything, but. Yeah. I, I also, I was glad that with the uh, apartment 23 that, you know, after watching the first episode, you're like, okay, where are they going to go with this? They can't do Dawson's Creek jokes for a season. Like <laughs> that was like the only thing that were funny in the first episode to yeah. me. And I was very happy to see that what they decided to do was sort of parody, you know, sort of the Hollywood, some of the Hollywood stuff. And, you know, and with the, you know, they did a little bit of Dancing with the Stars mm-hmm. type of stuff and and sort of some rivalries with some other. Like uh, Fred Savage, his, his rivalry with Fred Savage. Yeah. And- 
Fred Savage never even had to go on the show, just like the mention of yeah, his and, name and like just was hilarious. Yeah, a lot of stuff like that. I thought they that was a a great direction to go, and I you know and I'm I'm really happy that you know it became one a, a much better show once I saw you know a few more episodes and you're like okay now I see what they're doing with this. It's not just going to be Dawson jokes for. <laughs> <you know. laughs> But yeah, looking forward to uh, the return of both of those. Uh, now on to uh, Wednesday. ABC has The Middle, and that'll be followed by... Okay, this is their weird night where they do a little of this weird scheduling. The Middle starts up on the 26th of September, and it'll be followed by The Neighbors as of October 3rd. But The Neighbors is going to premiere after Modern Family on the 26th. <laughs> they really want to make sure... Tune into the neighbors. And then Suburgatory shows up on the 17th of October, <laughs> followed by, and that'll be followed by Nashville on October 10th. And so this is the night where like stuff is starting in different places and then moving and then starting at different times. Uh, yeah, def- a little bit of a weird night for, uh, for ABC, but uh, we'll start off with the neighbors. Danielle, what do you think of the neighbors? Well, I'm going to just preface this by saying I've actually seen the first two episodes, and it does not get better. Um, <laughs> it doesn't. Those, those ads lie to you, by the way. But um, look, I'll be honest with you. If it was not a straight-out alien comedy, it, it could be funny. But there's just something in the premise that I just don't initially innately want to watch. I mean, basically, you have this family move into this gated community and the entire community is aliens. Well, why did they even allow this family to move in? You'd think they'd have like some sort of screening process because they don't want to be found out and no one has ever moved into their area before. They've always <laughs> yeah. been all aliens, right? And how so, is it they've, they've never ventured out? Thank you. I how, have no idea. I mean, how is it that they know enough to name their everybody after strong people of <laughs> of, right. of the planet, which is why – Everybody is named after like a sports hero. Yeah, uh, that also really just bugs me. But uh, but yet they don't know enough of anything else that's going on. Uh, that that was the stuff yeah. that that bothered me about the show. It's yeah. like the premise didn't work on uh, where they're either super smart or they're not. You know, like, <laughs> like I, mean, I think the premise is supposed to be that they're super smart, but they're scared of our world because they don't understand our world. And like, I I'll take that, but you need to prove to me then that, that I want to care about these people learning about our world and adapting to it. But then they shouldn't but, have been here for 10 years in the pilot. Well, that right? too. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. But, but I mean, the pilot to me, it was just a lot of you're different. We're different. And that's why it's funny jokes. And I don't find those jokes funny. Cause that's to me, very traditional sitcom is like, let's just point at the weirdo and laugh. And I don't, I never, that's just a thing. Like, I don't gravitate towards that. And in this case, like the aliens aren't the only ones that are weird. Like we're weird too, but it doesn't matter. It's not about, you know, who the out- outcast is. It's just, that's the only joke that's really driven home. So, and I, I gotta be honest, I love Jamie Gertz and I was really excited to see her back on TV. And then I, you know, I was following the the casting season last year and I was like oh that's the show she chose interesting I and then I was like well maybe maybe there's something in there maybe you know there's layers to the comedy and I don't see layers yet so I always give shows three episodes but I've, I've seen the first two and it's just not funny what do you think Makisha I thought it was funny 
I thought, uh, sorry. <laughs> I thought that it was like Small Wonder and Alf and like all this stuff from my childhood that just were like completely, you know, nonsensical, silly sitcoms. And it didn't bother me. And I wasn't, you guys are looking for logic. And I'm like, really? In a sitcom? This? No, I mean, that's like, the thing. It's not a sitcom. It's I'm a, not knocking in- your, 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 your quest for logic, but I just don't. <laughs> I didn't, I wasn't looking for the same thing going in. I just saw it as like, oh, good. It's like another silly, like, what was that small, small, uh, out of this world? And like, there were just all these shows like that in the 80s. And it just, to me, is sort of like a nod to that. And it just, I thought it was funny. I just thought it was still silly and mindless. And I don't know if, it, if anybody would watch it, but. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was the thing. I think it was like too silly. There's like certain things like <laughs> uh, yeah. in the oh. second episode, stuff like the. The you know, the kids meal like that's not made out of kids, oh, yeah. right? And <laughs> stuff like that. I, I admittedly I find that stuff amusing, but ultimately I was just like, is it really? It's, that yeah. it was. <laughs> it felt like an easy joke. Like part of it to me is like it. All those words you just use, silly, mindless. Like to me, that's a reason I don't want to watch a show because it feels like it's the easy joke and it doesn't feel like we've advanced. I mean, if, if it feels like a show that can live in the eighties, like why haven't we moved past that yet? Like that's, I don't well, know. We have moved past that. And sometimes it's nice to go back to that. Everything's not going yeah. to be. Oh, totally. Sometimes I just, for me, this wasn't it. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know if I was younger, like if I was a kid watching this, if I would like it, but I know that. As right, an adult, you don't. Yeah. Like what I was looking for from, what I was looking for from it now, it wasn't giving me. So I don't know. I'm sure there are people out there that will enjoy it because, yeah, you can totally just sit back and not think and, and there will be things that you laugh at. But that's not the kind of show that I like to watch. Okay, so that's enough about The Neighbors. How about Nashville? <laughs> Makisha, what did you think of Nashville? Oh, I loved it. I thought it was just so... It was first of all the first of all the thing that really like drew me in and blew my mind was that I was actually enjoying the songs and I don't like country western music. I don't me like either. I just thought, why am I I mean I was I enjoyed everything about the show and had absolutely no expectations to. And that always shocks me when I'm I didn't think I was gonna hate it per se. I just didn't think I was gonna like it as much as I did though. And I just was impressed across the board I, I mean Connie Britton has never disappointed me I think that I think anybody could say that that's she's she's always a good sign that this is not whatever she's in you're like it's not gonna be so bad yeah it, it was much much more than that there was so much that it was like I can't wait to see more episodes of this yeah no I totally agree with you I I mean for me like it's everything that I love about relationship dramas and it mm-hmm. feels like going forward it's really going to be focused on that rather than you know the the plot driven you know Hollywood Nashville behind the scenes at an entertainment industry type of show and I I love watching people kind of flawed people kind of have to deal with the decisions that they've made and whether or not you know that's the reason they're in the position they're in right now and how do you move forward from there and I love the idea of the dueling they're they're calling them the dueling divas but i i kind of don't like that term but just hayden and connie's characters being at completely different parts in their career and in almost different industries because when connie's character started they valued different things than what they value today on the radio um and that just kind of commentary on something that's very real is also something that i was fascinated by but i will say that the whole political storyline with 
Eric Close's character also. Like, that's a character like that could easily be just someone in the background. But on this show, he's going to have his own focus. And there's a lot more complexity than I was perhaps expecting. And that's kind of, I think, what also drew me in was just so many balls in the air right now. And there are so many ways for the show to pay off. And if you don't like country music, it doesn't even matter because there's it so doesn't matter. Fun. Yeah. yeah. And in real life, it's funny because, you know, I mean, you were at TCA's. It yeah. was funny to see how people, <laughs> oh, yeah. people were like pissed yeah. off. Yeah. Like, Hen Pannier was pissing off all these people. And like Connie Britton was, you know, people, everybody loved her. And it was so funny to me to see how that mirrored the show. Yeah. Oh, my God. That you're like, Perfectly. this show is so brilliant. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it could not have gotten better actresses to play these parts because so much of that, their, their real life career personas are mm-hmm. just like that. You know what I mean? So it was just like, this is trippy and awesome. And like, <laughs> I, I, can't wait, I can't wait to see it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Nashville is right there at the top for me. You know, like you said, Connie Britton, it's hard to go wrong there. Uh, but the whole cast is fantastic. I mean, from Powers Booth all the way down to, you know, Hayden Panettiere, uh, they're they're all playing really in their strong suit kind of. Mm-hmm. And some is sort of the behind the scenes of the music industry, but it's, and, and the, you know, the end of your career while somebody's at the beginning of their career. But like you said, there's the whole, uh, the powers booth is also Connie Britton's, you know, father. And, but he's like the power broker in town for, you know, behind the scenes for politics and, and all that stuff. And so it really is about, Nashville and mm-hmm. yeah. and and not not necessarily just like a country western you know the music stuff and I'm not a big country western fan but you know everything works on this show in the in the pilot episode it just uh, it to me it it draws you in and uh you're like okay I'm I'm on board you know <laughs> with, <laughs> with this one I want to see more of where this is going to go mm-hmm. it created you know in you know, a very short period of time in the pilot, it created some very interesting characters that I want to follow. And you can't really ask much more from a pilot than that to, <laughs> than to give you people you actually want to know more about. Right. No, that's totally true. Okay, on to Thursday. Thursday has new show Last Resort, uh, followed by Grey's Anatomy and Scandal, all starting up on September 27th. So, Danielle, what did you think of Last Resort? Well, it's funny that you, you just ended the last part about Nashville by saying that it, it gives you a, a sh- bunch of characters that you want to see more from, um, because I felt the opposite about Last Resort. I felt like, <laughs> I felt like I, I listen, it, it was a gorgeous pilot. Such The action drew me in in ways I didn't expect it to, but it was such a plot-driven pilot that I could barely get to know the characters, let alone care about them, to care about the fact that now they're, you know, and there's a lot of them. Home. And there's a lot of them. I mean, that's the thing, too. You know, if if there were one or two of them that I was, like, really committed and focused on, it wouldn't matter that there were so many. But right now, I really, you know, the only one I really care about is Andre Brower. And he's fantastic, but I'm not sure if that's going to be enough week to week. I think, you know, episode two is really going to have to give me more of why we care about these people, a little bit more of their motivations of why they blindly went along with what he wanted when he was defying the government. And if you're, you know, if you're in the armed forces, you follow your leader, but your leader is expected to follow his leader. And so it's a weird 
I kind of expected them to mutiny against him, thinking he was a traitor. I don't know. It's a weird um, question mark for me when it comes to the characters. But the overall theme of the show, just that whole defying authority and if the government is really on our side or not and, and the conspiracies that could be out there, like that that's up my alley all the way. So I definitely was intrigued by the pilot, but it didn't give me everything that I hoped it would. And how about you, Makisha? I'm just honestly, I'm waiting to see if ABC is finally going to get use out of that old um, set for, for Lost. Because that's what the show is. I mean, let's just be real. Let's just no, be it real. Is it's, it's like creepy. they keep trying to set a show somewhere tropical so that they don't eat the money completely that they lost when Lost went off there with this huge property they have in Hawaii. And so they put that horrible show off the map on there. It failed. <laughs> the river failed. And so I now, out of all three of those shows, it's the least annoying Mm-hmm. Um, I actually liked Last Resort. I thought it was very masculine. I just felt like after I watched it that I just, you know, mm-hmm. I-, I wanted someone to walk in and just smell of Old Spice. I mean, like the whole thing was just like, <laughs> it was it was just so, oh, totally. just so much testosterone, you know, you just yeah. like watch it, you're like, ah, you know. But um, is there enough show there that'll, like you said, it remains to be seen and Andre, Andre Brower can't carry it alone. Um, as great as he is, he cannot do that. So yeah. I mean, he's um, not supposed to do that. It's supposed to be on an ensemble. Just for me personally, I didn't. I, it's supposed I, to be, but you yeah. know, like yeah. I know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That he has the most gravitas of anybody on that show, and so that's the, yeah. the, that's the danger. And and like I said, it's like it's it's just for me. Even even if I thought the show, and it's, and I thought the show was decent, I, I actually was entertained. I'm I'm more interested in it in terms of can ABC get something out of the set? I'm like, I'm just like, I don't even care about the show as much as like, I'm just curious how this is going to play out in terms of ABC and, and Hawaii. I'm interested to see if ABC can actually get something to stick in the eight o'clock hour. <laughs> yeah. Everything fails for them there. It's very strange that, that they haven't been able to find anything to, uh, in, in, I mean, <laughs> every year there's a new show in that. and So there's a couple of things at stake. Yeah, the 8 o'clock yeah. thing and the Hawaii set. And so. Two or three. But I I really liked it. Uh, it definitely does rely on Andre Brower's presence in the first episode. It's it's sort of that the premise where it almost seems like it needed to be like 90 minutes. Like you needed a 90-minute intro <laughs> yeah. to this so that you could get more to know about these other characters. Well, that I could have just cut down on some of the action. Like they threw a lot at us between, you know, the defying the government and then the taking over the Island and the launching the missile. Like there was just a lot of stuff happening. And it was like at the end of the episode, it was hard to kind of even remember the characters names because some of that stuff that happened could have been an episode too. You didn't have to give it to us all at once. Yeah, well, kind of, yeah. but they, you kind of need to end where they ended, and you need some of that other stuff to be able to have happened to to get there. To come back, yeah. But that's why I think it could have been. You know, it's one of those that sort of, I think, similar to the the Arrow pilot, which I also really liked, could have mm-hmm. used a, a longer introduction for the, uh, for the you know the first episode. But it's it's one of those things that. So I'm interested to see what they do with the the second episode. Are we going to learn more about? Are we going to spend more time in Washington uh, and see, you know, an investigation there as to what type of conspiracy or something could be trying to undermine the government to create this 
you know, to to start this war that, you know, that they had originally refused to be a part of mm-hmm. uh, because and and so I'm interested to see how more how much else it expands out besides what's happening on the island. But then also, are we going to get to know more about some of these characters, you know, besides the captain and his XO uh, right. really? And because uh, really, I couldn't tell you anything about anybody else for the most part on on the show. Yeah. Uh and so I'm I'm interested to see where it goes. Uh it it definitely draws you in though with that action and stuff like that uh in that in that first episode. And it's it's at the top like right below Nashville for new shows <laughs> for me uh, <laughs> uh this this year. I think ABC has at least drama wise they have like a really good slate of new dramas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think honestly, I think they have the strongest lineup in general um, across returning and new shows for the season. So that's, I mean, that's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, just because something may be well written and we may like it doesn't mean people will tune in and give it the rating that they need to keep it going. So obviously I'm hoping they, they do so that we can have, quality television versus a discussion next year at this time about the show that's on at eight (laughs) o'clock you know i mean sometimes well written and a show that you have to think about equates to someone dvrs it and never watches it and the rating doesn't count and so the show gets pulled yeah like awake (laughs) yeah Yeah. i mean like a lot of shows but yes well yeah awake well nbc had a couple of shows in that thursday night slot last year that were actually pretty good but nobody even tried them out you know they may have watched you know some people may have watched online and stuff like that but nobody even watched the premiere episode of (laughs) (laughs) of any of those shows and you're like really you couldn't even get people interested in these shows for the premiere right Mm -hmm. uh they yeah nbc's hurting uh so uh what about uh gray's anatomy or scandal uh Either of you looking forward to uh, the return of those? I don't actually watch Grey's Anatomy. I can't, I can't do medical shows, but I love Scandal. And I just thought last season was way too short. And the season premiere of this year just blew last season up. So I'm super <laughs> excited to see where they go. Because their characters are all, you know, they all have secrets. They're all not quite who they say they are. And they deal a lot with with the backstory of them in addition to kind of the case of the week. And so far, it seems like what we thought we knew last year wasn't even true. So there's a lot to to kind of explore this year that I'm just really looking forward to. Because I think Shonda, she's really good at at giving you the information without beating you over the head with it in in Scandal. And that's what I respect and what I like about writing is you can be fast-paced and you can tell the audience something and then trust them to understand what it means on the bigger picture. What about you, Makisha? You know what I liked about the scandal is that's so funny. It just got so much better than in the pilot. The pilot was so just like to me weak and it got so much better every week. But the funniest thing that I remember is that when when the pilot debuted, there were a good amount of critics who said Shonda Rhimes is trying to be Aaron Sorkin and she should stop it. And then Newsroom came out. And then those same critics were like, Aaron Sorkin is trying to be Aaron Sorkin. And he should stop it. So there was, <laughs> there was no winning. But it was so funny because in the end, she prevailed and then people hated Newsroom. 
Yeah. So um, <laughs> I'm excited about second season uh, for no other reason than she proved that it, the, you know maybe people should you know and that and especially in her in that instance in that show I can't say all of her shows because off the map as we talked about was horrible but um, you should give a show um, a couple weeks sometimes and then and, and you know she it got better it got a lot better Carrie Washington is was not as annoying by the time the show ended I mean it just was like there were so many pluses. That, that outweigh any minuses that and and it's going to be great to see it come back and i think if, if it continues along that it'll you know it'll just get better and better every episode that then that'll be great and it'll be great for the show it'll be great for shauna rhymes gray's anatomy on the other hand i cannot wait for it to end i'm really surprised that this came back because it's just like that that final episode so angered fans when they killed off you know um the the sister um, uh, uh, Grace, uh, Lace, Lace, Lacey Gray, yeah. Um, that I just, I, just, I was, ama- I was amazed that they were, they're gonna try to get a new season out of this, especially with you know, uh, some of the actors saying that they're gonna leave. Um, so maybe this, they'll put everybody out of their misery. You know, even diehard fans have to admit it's, it's just not. <laughs> <laughs> There's not a lot left there, you know? So how much more are you, how many other people are going to kill? How many, how many of these huge catastrophes are they going to have every season finale where you're just like, what? You know, I mean, just... yeah, it does start to get a little much after a while where you're just like, just bring me the interesting, you know, the thing that was interesting about the show was how they always paralleled the medical cases with what the doctors were going through in their lives at that time. And I always found that storytelling style interesting and yeah. to watch, and the characters were good. But then all of a sudden, as it went on, it was like, okay, we need to do something bigger. We need to do. Yeah, we need to have. And and and, and I'm not trying to be funny, but seriously, if you were a doctor and this was your life, <laughs> and, and, and every time around May, your life just imploded. Like you would, I would quit. I would just become a teacher. You know what I mean? Just like, just it's just that's too. There's no way. I know it's television. It's just like, but. I just I, I think they have they've run out of steam. They run out of everything and they just need to make this the last season. Just like with, when Desperate Housewives was like it finally was put out of its misery. It's just like good. Thank you. Thank you. So hopefully they'll make this the last season. Okay, so on to Friday. Uh Friday will be Shark Tank as of September fourteenth and Primetime What Would You Do on September fourteenth and twenty twenty uh as of the September fourteenth and then as of November 2nd, uh, Last Man Standing and Malibu Country will be starting the night off, and Shark Tank will move uh, back an hour. Uh, so the last the last new show on the list is Malibu Country. <laughs> what did you think of Malibu Country? I mean, it's just Reba. Let's be honest. It's just the Reba show with a new setting. And not as good. I don't really know the Reba show, to be honest with you. I just know that it was it was very similar to the point when I stopped watching because I didn't like it. It's the same reason I'm gonna not watch this one. <laughs> it's just it's just a big sitcom, and I don't. I just not a. That's just not my thing. What about you, Makisha? I. Uh, it's it's a, there's this weird thing that happens with Reba with me because I'm always like okay. It's kind of like how I approached Nashville initially because I was like, I don't like country music, but I'll give it a chance. And then it blew me away. Mm-hmm. And every time I say that about Reba, she doesn't blow me away. But I know that there are people who really like her. Oh, yeah. So I don't... 
I have to respect, I, I don't know. There's something about her. I'm like, I have to respect that there's somebody who really likes her. There are lots of people who really like her. And so they will keep her working. Oh and yeah, so- no, the show, the show's going to do well. Like yeah. I think, I think people yeah. will watch. So whatever we think, does it matter? Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> I think Lily Tomlin is great and can do anything. And I love her. And she was so funny as like this. She, her, her Southern accent was horrible, but it was perfect. And she had this, you know, sort of cockeyed wig. And that was great too. I mean, but I love Lily Tomlin. Like I said, she could do anything. And I don't know. I think it's perfect. I think it's perfect for what ABC had. It's sort of like when that, that, horrendous comedy according to Jim was on. And it was, it wasn't for us. It wasn't for us, but but it it didn't matter. What? Seven years. It yeah, and it was on for like 80,000 years, and it didn't matter. It didn't yeah, matter yeah. because there was a core audience. And I remember when I was working at the Detroit News at, at the time, inevitably, on just the rare instance that ABC didn't have it on one week, I would get like a 1,000 calls. People were like, where is According to Jim? You know, and you're just like, what? <laughs> like, really? You watch that? You know, and it's just not about you. You just There's certain shows that you just kind of accept that mm-hmm. are going to do well. It doesn't matter if you like them or not. It doesn't matter if it's written well or not it doesn't matter if it's casting is particularly smart or anything it's just they're gonna do she'll be fine she'll be she'll be fine yeah yeah i like the original reba show the you know it was it was you know it wasn't anything special but it was a solid comedy i mean it was it wasn't great but you know it lasted a pretty decent amount of time uh but this was like they're trying to recapture some of that but they didn't quite at least in the first episode, I mean, maybe like any comedy, they'll find their way to being, you know, a solid comedy, you know, because the cast is, I mean, with Reba and Lily Tomlin and Sarah Rue, you've got, you've got a you really got good people. <laughs> you've got a really good ca- cast for comedy. Uh, so if they can bring the writing and the story around to, to do something, I could think it'd be a solid comedy and would work really well with the uh, last man standing, you know, sort of that. Which again was not, it clearly was not for critics. Right. It's not about us. And Tim Allen can like open a can of peanuts and people were like, ah, you guys so funny. <laughs> but you it's very it's much just, a callback to the nineties. Yeah. Like it, yeah. It sort of fits that style. Of, they're both, they both very much feel like their previous shows in some <laughs> ways. And uh, so I, I think they'll do, you know they'll probably do well. Although I still think that Last Man Standing, the middle Modern Family Suburgatory would make a much better two-hour comedy block on Wednesdays than what they have. I think, yeah. But the thing with that is, I really like Suburgatory, and I think it's smarter than those other shows. And it's not your traditional family sitcom, so I don't. I'm I'm reluctant to lump like kind of lump it in with them. Well, I think it's that set of comedy that that it grows. It's family comedy that grows through the through the two hours like you start with last man standing and then the middle and then you get a a little bit more creative with modern family into something like suburgatory i think uh just as a two-hour block i think overall is better than what they're trying to do right now Uh, but who knows what they'll do (laughs) because i don't i don't know maybe the neighbors will just people people will watch it but i i will find it (laughs) unbelievably amazing if it doesn't if it lasts more than three episodes I honestly, I will too. Um, but they, I mean, I kind of feel like they're setting it up so that they can have a family comedy night and a, what Polly calls the hilariously inappropriate comedy night, because they still have how to live with your parents for the mid season that 
they could technically bump up if one of their other shows fails. And it's it's a family comedy in that it's about a family. But if you've actually seen it, it's it's completely inappropriate. I mean, the parents are horrible parents and they like they don't care. They don't want to help their daughter, let alone raise their granddaughter who's seven and shouldn't hear or see a lot of the things that she does. Um, So I don't know that. I don't really know what their plan is, but I I would like to actually see them try that, where it's more of a let's try to do both types of comedy rather than, you know, relegate the inappropriate comedies to Tuesday night by themselves where they might not do well. Yeah, it just makes you wonder, like, why ABC would even try and get a third night of comedy, but... Yeah, why not just do two solid nights? Yeah, but I think they, you know, like, when they, that one year, I think it was a couple years ago, and NBC and ABC tried a whole night of comedy that was too much. So I think they're just trying to figure it out. But I mean, you know, it just makes you because they're such they're so like you said they're so different. Each night is completely different. Whereas you know, like Tuesday nights, those two are just like really, you know, sort of college post college comedies with happy endings and and don't trust to be. And then you have Wednesday night, which has become you know family night, and then. Friday seems just sort of like an afterthought where it's like, yeah. we have Tim Allen. What do you want to do? Hey, Reba says she wanted a show. So, <laughs> yeah. right. You know what I mean? Like, and, this, and then it's just sort of one of those things. So it'll be interesting to see because, you know, I mean, traditionally Friday was this great night for, for ABC, mm-hmm. you know, the TGI Friday. And it'll never be that again. I know, but it's just like, but the, this is what you're going to go with. But I mean, like yeah. I said, I don't, I don't know what, what they're, what they're doing. Maybe they have some master plan that we don't see and it's going to work out great because of all the nights I think they have, Friday is the weakest. I think if but they're going to try that, though, if they're going to try to bring back TGIF, you can't just bring it back with two shows, one hour. Right. You have you have to go hard and do right. it the the full way. So, yeah. and you also can't bring it back with some of the jokes that they do in Reba in the Reba show in in Malibu right. Country. Well, <laughs> like, yeah, I'm an old, old lady. I'm a chicken more. I had a weed yes. popsicle, whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But they didn't they do that on Weeds too recently? Like, I feel like that's just a very common pot joke now yeah, I don't, old people eating lollipops with weed yeah yeah it, it may be a common joke, joke but it's sure. it just doesn't seem like the one that fits in with the tgi friday oh, <laughs> let's watch yeah. let's watch with our kids comedies i guess yeah that's a good point <laughs> abc doesn't have for some well, kids wednesday night i think it would be the closest thing to that yeah yeah well, with the exception of um well no yeah, they're they're pretty they're pretty family friendly on Wednesdays. Yeah, right Wednesday now. Wednesday is their family night, so it's you know <laughs> Friday. I'm telling you, Friday's an afterthought. I'm telling you, it's they aren't really putting. On. <laughs> well, I, I hope so. I hope they're not next season trying to build it so that it's two hours of comedy like Friday comedy because I don't like those shows and I don't want to see more of that. <laughs> yeah. I think who else from the '90s could they recycle and bring back and have, give them a show? Let's not give them any ideas. I, yeah, scratch, what are you doing? Because there are a lot of people. I mean, some of them are already working on other shows. But did ABC have the Roseanne show, yeah. or was that on a different yeah. network? Yeah, yeah but that was ABC, and she she could be she could easily be brought back in something no, called no. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it's going to be that type of humor, like Roseanne, at least was edgy for a sitcom you know it was as edgy as they could be back then i think but it was still muted in sitcom tones and everything was i I just don't like sitcoms is what it is (laughs) 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 like if you honestly if you 
Malibu three. Country, if you did Malibu Country as a single camera show, I might like it more because no. it, it has to. No, I'm not saying I definitely would. I don't know. I haven't seen it, but like the jokes have to be different when it's a single camera show. Like they have because they have to land a different way. You can't you can't hit a punchline the way you can with a laugh track. So they have to be a little bit smarter about their comedy and. And it's not that right now, so I can't necessarily say for sure I would like it. But I'm just saying I I grab it. I prefer single camera where you can you can be subtle and you can sneak in references and there's a lot of of humor in performance and in like facial expressions <laughs> rather than like punchline punchline punchline. So, but I think like Polly, I don't know if you guys if you if you heard his comment when that awful show work it came out or oh my god yeah I yeah and I, he was just like I'm British and sometimes I like stupid show you know what I mean so yeah I'm always <laughs> yeah always have to keep that in mind we're talking about ABC because that is why Last Man Standing and Reba I'm sorry Malibu Country <laughs> are shows you know what I'm saying because there's some part of him that apparently is British and just thinks that's hilarious just to have these you know aren't Americans the stupid shows and that's fine yeah. but just yeah. understand that and then you'll see why these shows are on no, totally. And look, the Americans will watch them and they will yeah, do they're it. like, ah, you funny uh, people. They, yeah. they agree with him. They just yeah. want to be, you know, and I get that. And like, I will they're say, though, too. that like, I yeah. respect his willingness to take risks more than some of the other networks. So I'll give him his one crappy show if he continues to give me things like Nashville. Yeah, that's right. That's Fair so trade. True. Yes. <laughs> you know? Well put. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you can have one Malibu country for every Nashville you put on the network. <laughs> That's yeah. totally fine because in the end it'll even itself out, and the audience—you know—the audience will decide what they want to watch. The audience will decide, and I think what he's proving is that, with the yeah. exception, thankfully, work it did not prove no. the point. But in the sense of, in the case of Last Man Standing, there it seems to be a, a an audience for that, regardless. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but if you he, look at the case, like last year, there was also Man Up. And that didn't do well. That fit, fit into that, you know that, but that fit into that, in my opinion, in that type of comedy. And so, if you look at those three, only one is standing. So we we got rid of two of the bad ones. So that's that's progress. <laughs> and this year, NBC decided to go with guys with kids because yeah, those well, comedies have doing, so because those comedies have failed so well before. They were like, let us get in on that. You need, we need a taste of that. <laughs> they really are. I really feel like they are trying to get back to the 90s because, look, they were on top back then. And if you look at what they picked up now, a lot of it is very old school in that way. And, and in a way that could invoke nostalgia or could just make everybody really upset because it's like, why are you putting this on? I thought we moved past this. Yeah. But I don't know. You already talked about NBC, so yeah. we don't have to go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then... So that's a Friday. Saturdays, ABC has Saturday Night College Football. It started up uh, as of the 1st of September. And uh, that will pretty much do the fall preview for ABC. Uh, let us know out there uh, what shows you're looking forward to on ABC. Get an idea of maybe what shows we should be talking about uh, going forward uh, as the season gets underway. All right. So next on the list is our prime time segment. And given the length of the amount of stuff to talk about uh, for ABC, all we've got is uh, the L.A. Complex, uh, which the last episode to air was season two, episode eight, Stay. And uh, I will cut Danielle off 
<laughs> if she goes too much, but uh, it's okay. I, I already I mean, listen. I understand fully that I am the only person watching this show, and I'm okay with it. So I won't be very long winded because no one else cares. Um, plus, I've already listen. I've already live blogged my thoughts extensively on last week's episode. Um, sorry, did I cut you off? Were you? No, no. no. <laughs> I'm very excited. You don't even know. Um, no, listen. I we at the beginning of the podcast today we talked about Saving Hope and how it's this Canadian drama that when it came to you know that NBC acquired and when it came to America, just no one was really watching. And I feel like that's very much LA Complex's story, but the LA Complex to me is just what the CW should be doing, whether or not we're producing it in America or not. Like it's, it's a modern tale. It's a, I mean, let's be honest, it's a modern melodrama, but it's looking at kids that are trying to make it in Hollywood and that will, there will always be a soft spot in my heart for that. So it's kind of like Melrose Place and it's, but it's gone bigger and much more beyond. And so what we, we've been dealing with recently on the show is, you know, we've got Raquel, who is this, who is this child star who now is struggling to be relevant. And she, my decided, favorite character on the show. Oh my God. Hands. Yes, me too. Heads and tails above everybody else. I, she's so damaged and I love her for it, but she's been in this fake rehab. It's like a, it's like a spoof of celebrity rehab. She basically needed the money and, said she would pretend she had an alcohol problem to go on the show. But while she was there, you know, she was kind of manipulating the story arc for herself and for some of the other people in the show. And this one kid ends up getting his hands on something and overdosing based on something she effectively manipulated. And so she felt so terrible that she stood up and she actually had this like moment of growth where she was like, you know, you need to go get real help and I'll walk out with you. And, you know, he wouldn't do it because it's a breach of contract. But she was like, screw it. I'm going to do it. And for me, that was she came so far towards being a real person <laughs> and towards not being this like narcissistic, crazy actor that you assume everybody in L.A. is, but you don't want to believe everybody in L.A. is. So I'm super excited to see, you know, where that takes her for the rest of the season. Cause I've said since season one, she's the kind of person that needs to be producing. And she's the kind of person that should be like producing her own stuff so that she could also act in it. Um, but I also, I I'll be honest. I'm, I just feel like the Cal storyline is something that no one has ever done on television. And it's so socially relevant right now. I mean, he's this mega star in the hip hop world, and he's gay, but nobody knows he's gay. Like he feels he doesn't even want to admit to himself that he's gay. But so it's partially that he feels like if he were out in the industry, he'd lose all of his respect. But it's also he doesn't even respect himself. So he can't really expect anybody else to respect him. And it's just such a tragic story about the, you know, the things in his head, the demons in his head that like there's no even real quantifiable reason for because it's not like somebody was pointing their finger at him when he was a kid and calling him derogatory terms. It's just this weight that he's always felt that he's not good enough and that he's not what he should be. And, you know, that to me is just, it's so timely, especially because Frank Ocean just came out in hip hop and he's fine. You know, people embraced him for it, but it also is the question of if you're a public figure do you even need to say, should you even have to say these things? You know, you obviously have to be comfortable with yourself, 
in order to live, you know, a fulfilled and happy life. But like, why do you, why do we have to deal with the extra pressure of making a public statement either way? So I'm fascinated to see where that goes because at the end of season one, he, he was in love with someone and, you know, he was on the verge of being found out. So he basically pummeled the kid when they were walked in on and blamed the whole thing on the kid and said, he came on to me and, and he, you know, used the F word and, um, ever since then he's been in this spiral because he can't face what he did. Um, and you know, obviously it hasn't happened yet, but we all know that that character Tariq is coming back and he'll have to face him and he'll have to face what he did. And I just think Andre Fuller who plays Cal is amazing and he deserves all the Canadian Emmys, which I know there's, they're really <laughs> don't like to call them the Gemini's. Um, yeah, I just I don't know. There's just something about this show that I feel like more people need to watch because they do a lot of socially relevant stories, but it's not dark all the time. You know, it's not. It's a very interesting hybrid of yeah. shows in that it it has a very wicked uh, like sense of humor about parodying Hollywood. Yeah, and that's that's what I love about it. <laughs> and in such a way that it's sort of a parody, but not total. It's almost really true thing is like let's be honest it's a parody in the sense that like uh, in an upcoming episode connor's character is gonna deal in cyanetics which is let's be honest scientology but you can't call it that or you get sued (laughs) being out here in los angeles and being in this industry these characters i see them every day you know these they're these are they've created real people on this show and what fascinates me is that they're up in canada doing it like they're not even here observing (laughs) this out of their brains but these i mean yeah these are i feel like these characters could exist in the real world and that's part of why i love it and they're they're cautionary tales because of it because some of them could be so tragic i think personally abby like they use her for comedic effect a lot in the terms of like she's always putting her foot in her mouth she's always screwing her own life up in funny ways but when you step back and you think about it it's not all that funny to me because she's this young woman who she doesn't have as much self-confidence as she needs in this business. And she also doesn't have as much, I think, intelligence as she needs in this business to actually make it far. You know, she's gotten lucky a couple of times and she's always screwed it up for herself again, because they want to try to infuse moments of light in her. But you, you could take that either way. You know, you could take that as like, Oh, it's great to have a laugh for a moment. Or you could take that as, wow, in three years, she's going to be like a barista at Starbucks. (laughs) to make it you know and so that's also what i love is that it's not these characters are not black and white you know there's no good influence versus you know tragic figure they're all they all have elements of everything and part of it isn't even them part of it is the situations they're in because this town is insane and that's what i love honestly i feel like any kid that's sitting in high school right now going i want to move out to la after after high school (laughs) should watch this show I need to watch it because, like, they're, they're creating a sense of community on the show. You know, they're living in this, like, rundown motel that's been converted into apartments. But so there's that. So there's a great sense of, like, well, we're all in this together and at least we're kind of leaning on each other because we're not all in direct competition with each other. But at the same time, yeah, you need to watch it. You need to know what you're getting yourself into. You know, this town is full of rejection and it's full of people who are – um, searching for something outside of themselves. And a lot of times that leads you down a bad path. You know, I think, I think the one character on the show who is 
seeing it the hardest is obviously Cal as he's now starting to search inside of himself to figure out what's going on and, and who he is and what he wants and, and everything. But I think they all need to do that if they all want to succeed. I don't know. I just love it. I just, I just, it's so smart and it's so fast paced and there's great like little witty references and the dialogue is, is quick and it feels like actual people having conversations. I just really enjoy it. It's a, it's a little gem that's kind of tucked away in the summer that, um, they're, they're actually, they moved to Monday nights and now the they're on tonight. They have an episode on tonight and then the next two nights they're doing their, final four episodes, two episodes per night. So the finale on the 24th is actually going to be two episodes back to back, um, which it saddens me that they're rushing it through. But at the same time, I get it because you don't want to compete with the fall programming because there's just so much of it. Um, but at I, least they're playing. They, they, they're they going to play I it. I have to give the CW credit because, I mean, this show has done really bad ratings wise. Like I know. It makes me so sad. It's It's so weird that Nobody, I mean, even from, even compared to like a small CW audience, this audience is so small for this show, but the CW has stuck with it and is going to play it all the way to the end. I mean, you got to give them credit for that. Yeah. Uh, And the show is really good. I mean, like you said, I mean, the characters that they've drawn, they're, they feel, they feel real, but and you you care about these people and like you want to follow them and you hope that they do well and and you're yeah. devastated when they do something stupid and you know you were cheering for uh for her when she you know actually walked out even though it's going to be devastating even more financially for her uh to to do that on the the show but you know the fake rehab show the fake sort of like seventh heavenly type show Mm-hmm. I mean, oh all these different things that they do on there are so good uh, that, yeah, people people out there, you got to be watching this show. You've been missing out. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. You know, it's it's been a short season. The first season was six episodes, and now this is, is 13 in total. I feel like it's a show that people could easily catch up on. And in the next, honestly, in the next two weeks before the finale – like streamline it all it's all online i think i i recommend it i think people should do that and then tune into the finale because i desperately want a season three and i martin if you're listening will move up to canada and be your assistant if you're doing a season and we don't get it here in america so um it's just i don't know there's just something i really honestly i hate to compare it to melrose place the i'm but i'm talking about the original i loved the original i thought you know that was one of my favorite shows growing up. And I feel like this has a lot of shades of that, but it's done obviously much more modern and it's done, um, I think much more realistically. So I don't know that I just feel like it's, it's an, there's, there should be an audience for it. It's a slice of life and it's a Hollywood story and everybody, we see how much people consume the media and we see how much people want to devour stories about celebrities. And I would be surprised. I'm, I'm just surprised that people, aren't consuming it the way that I assume they would. I don't know. There was also, honestly, there was something on there that I was really excited that they did with uh, Connor getting involved with a fake relationship simply for the publicity, because that also (laughs) is something we see here in Los Angeles all the time. And granted in this situation, it was because an actress was trying to stay relevant, um, not hide a sexuality as we 
or often see here in Los Angeles. But what fascinated me was getting the responses on my reviews and my live blogs where people like thought that was outlandish. They were like, this show has gone too far. That doesn't happen. And I was like, really? You need to move here. This happens every day. So I, I mean, I really love that the show is willing to go there and to take risks and to, you know, talk about the things that people in this business don't want to talk about. And, and even if you thought that it doesn't happen, it's definitely rumored to happen. Like, it's not like, it's not like that's so far afield that you've never even heard of like the, the possibility of, of that being taking place. Yeah. And the thing is, you know, the way that they they did it on the show was it wasn't really focused on the business. We didn't see them masquerading as a couple in public. We got to know them as characters and we got to see why these broken individuals would think this was a good idea, you know. And that to me is what was interesting about it because you can see how sad and how little you feel you have if you're willing to do something like that. Because you basically have to throw away the possibility of a real relationship when you're in a fake one because you can't, you know, you can't be found out. So that I don't know. There's just there's so many things. There's so many like little nuggets of goodness in the show. And um, I'm really looking forward to to the next couple of last couple episodes, I should say. Yeah, I was kind of hoping that it would maybe do sort of like awkward where, you know, it started started out. It sort of picked up steam and people started were, you know, people were talking about it like, this is a really great show. And you're like, what? What show? And then you go and watch the show and you're like, oh, this is a great show. But even with the the little bit of of stuff that, that people have been talking about, you know, you, when I hear something about the L.A. complex, it's usually positive. Yeah. But it hasn't been able to use that to any effect to grow uh, any sort of audience over the over the course of the summer. Yeah, I mean, not a real. I mean, not a real audience. I know the ratings were up a little bit last week, but not to a number that you would want to see. Um, I honestly, I do think that a lot of the audience watches online. I'll be honest. I think that CW in, in general, their audience watches online because they're younger, and a lot of them don't even have televisions. Um, yeah, it'd be definitely interesting to see, to hear like those numbers, like how many people are watching it online or on their one of their apps or right or uh, or something like that. Yeah, I, honestly, I don't really look that closely at ratings, but um, you know, every time I see people tweet about it, celebrities in- included, they love the show. You know, and I, I've seen you know the my hits on my articles writing about the show. They've increased as the show has gone on because it took it took some time for people to to get it, to know what it was, to say, well, is it even worth watching? Or are they going to pull it after six episodes? You know. But I, I really respect the fact that Mark Pedowitz said, we're picking it up, we're picking it up, and we're airing it all because we want to give the audience time to watch it. And if they're going to get invested, we want to give them a payoff, which not a lot of networks do. And um, if you're going to spend the money on something, I don't see why you wouldn't <laughs> Oh, you paid for it. Why not air it all so that we can, we can say, maybe we didn't get the five years of the show we wanted, but at least we got – a conclusion to the story we were following because we watched through to the finale, you know? Okay. That's the LA complex. You should be watching it. Yes. And then we can totally talk more about it on Twitter. Cause I tweet. <laughs> and then uh, the last thing on the list, uh, some TV on DVD picks uh, for some things coming out on Tuesday, September 18th. Uh, my picks are castle season four and suburgatory season one. Uh, you know, castles just, I don't, 
own a lot of DVDs and a lot of hour longs don't make my DVD collection, but Castle has that hybrid. It's 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 funny, and uh, you know they do a lot of interesting episodes playing with the vampire genre or fairy tales or whatever within it that I just it's fun to watch. Uh, so that's that's one of my picks, and then Suburgatory, which is turned into a, it started out really well, but turned into a really really good uh, comedy uh, last year. Yeah, I love that show. Honestly, it's one of my favorite comedies. And how about your picks, Danielle? Um, my picks are Modern Family Season 3 and Supernatural Season 7. Um, Supernatural is just a, a longtime favorite of mine. And um, Season 7 was – it was a crazy one if you if you followed the series all the way through. Um, there were a lot of – a lot of changes and a lot of uh, in standalone episodes at a time when there was also a big mythology to a, a big story arc for the entire season to get through. So I feel like it's a great time to go back right before season eight, new showrunner, you know, new mythology to kind of review what we just experienced and to see if some of the things that in the end got paid off, if they were seated all the way through. Um, but I will say that personally for me, for Supernatural, the DVDs are always worth buying simply for the gag reel. I, those boys, <laughs> and, and they, like, they get it. You know, they get how invested their audience is and they know what the audience wants. And there's always little fun surprises and kind of nods to the fans in the gag reels. And uh, sometimes in the featurettes, I, there's a couple of featurettes on, on this particular DVD. And there's, I know if you buy the Blu-ray, there's more. Um, there are more features on the Blu-ray version. But I don't know a whole lot about the specifics, but I just I trust that they're going to be very, very fun. Um, And then Modern Family, honestly, last season, you know, there were a lot of episodes that I didn't think were as strong as previous seasons. But then the episodes that I that I enjoyed, I enjoyed more than a lot of previous seasons. So the fact that this DVD set comes with kind of bonus features that center around some of what I think are the strongest episodes is kind of why I picked it. Um, they Obviously they have like their deleted scenes and more family interviews, which I always love because you get the ad libs that got left on the cutting room floor. But there's a featurette where it's uh, the adventures of the kids. And I think the kids are really growing into super strong characters and actors. And I love the fact that they're using them more and more. So to kind of get that little behind the scenes with them, we've heard stories since season one about the, you know, what they do on set and to kind of get to see them evolve, I think is great. Um, plus I will say there's a featurette about them shooting in Disneyland and I'm a big Disney nerd. (laughs) Me, I was like, I need to see this. I need to know how this works. Like they were in the park after hours, you know, they were when the rides are usually shut down. Like I need to see what they got to do so I can be super jealous. So, you know, those are both, um, those are both, I think obviously two very different shows and different genres but both very fun that i uh i I recommend everybody pick up yeah and i'm a big fan of the gag reel i think that if you're putting out a dvd whether you're a super serious drama or a a comedy and you don't have a gag reel i'm highly disappointed Oh, (laughs) it's, it's a must i mean how can you not I think it's harder, like for some some dramas, obviously, because you know when they flub a line, it's not always funny. But I think if you're a comedy and you don't have a gag reel, like what is wrong with you? Because 
Oh, you know, there are things that are funny that happen because gag reel isn't just about like, oops, I messed up my line. It's also about alternate takes. It's also about um, the weird interactions between characters or actors that sometimes actually make it in if, if they fit and sometimes don't like it's. It's much more than just, you know, I forgot my line and I yelled at the script supervisor, what's my line? Like that's, you know, that's a little bit short-sighted, I guess. So I agree. If I, I will say I review a lot of TV on DVD and if you don't have a gag reel, I always mark you down at least half. <laughs> so I, and I point it out all the time in my reviews. I'm like, what is wrong with you? No gag reel? Come on. Because you know, you've, you've, you've got that stuff all marked, you know, yeah. <laughs> as you've gone along. How hard is it to put that together? Mm-hmm. And the thing is, it's probably just they have so much of it. How do you sort through all of it? But I think and this is I think this might be something Supernatural does. Um, I don't want to speak for the production, but there are certain things that, you know, are just classic moments, you know, as they happen, they're going in the gag reel, like <laughs> very specifically as it happens and somebody just saves it in a different file for later. I mean, that's it's so easy now with digital editing. So I'm like, yeah. I will volunteer to do your gag reels. I don't you know, just put them on the DVD. Yeah, it's like save Mark Gagriel and then we'll go again. <laughs> exactly. It's not that hard. And Makisha, what is your DVD pick this week? I am in love with Steve Martin, the television stuff. I think you have to be a Steve Martin fan, but even if you aren't and maybe you just are a huge fan of Saturday Night Live, you should definitely get this DVD. Yeah, it looked pretty cool. Like pretty much any time he's been on TV, it's all on this DVD set. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And then you realize, like, wow, he's been on TV a lot, and especially Saturday Night Live, for him not to have been, you know, one of the players. Yeah, that actually uh, looked uh, pretty good. Okay. And uh, so be able to find more, uh, like I mentioned before, uh, be able to find uh, Danielle and Makisha online. I'll have links to that, uh, along with the uh, links to the DVDs that we just uh, talked about at uh, tvtimes3.com slash 150. And... Uh, Ratings and reviews on iTunes or in Stitcher, always appreciated. And next week, we will have, uh, let's see, Amory and Ray will be back with me, and we'll be covering uh, the CBS Fall uh, 2012 season and talking about uh, their uh, handful of new shows. And the opening and closing music is provided by IODA Promonet. The song is TV Party by the Asylum Street Spankers from their Mercurial title put out by Yellow Dog Records. And that'll do it. We sit glued to the TV set all night And every night Why go into the outside world at all? It's such a fright We got nothing better to do Than watch TV and have a couple of brews